Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 109 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham and I are going to join Terry Weaver on a call. You may have heard us talk about his book, Making Elephants Fly, in episode 108. Well, we got him, because it turns out we showed up to the interview an hour early and started recording and all that stuff. But anyway, uh, just a little bit about Terry. He's a speaker, author, and ideapreneur whose passion is to see others live life alive, whether through helping others see their dreams become reality traveling around the world, challenging students to change the world, leading teams of people to do more together than they could alone, or hanging out with Mickey Mouse, Terry and his wife Leslie live outside Nashville, Tennessee, with their dog, Gibson. So here we are, talking about Terry Weaver's life, how he got to where he is now, as living the portfolio life, as Jeff Coyne says, and talking about his book, Making Elephants Fly. We're diving right in. Here we go. So what do you do full time? I, I know you write and speak and, and all of that. You live in uh, Nashville or is it Memphis? Nashville. I, I just thought St- Thompson Station is actually where I live, Franklin area. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I love Jeff's concept of the portfolio life. So that's me. That's always been me. I've always kind of been a guy that puts together a handful of things that I do. I speak. I, I do a lot of coaching. I do three different podcasts. A couple of them actually make a little bit of money. Um, and so, you know, all of those things together kind of create a portfolio of things that make up my revenue. I don't know. I, I kind of tend to want to surround myself with people who can't always answer that question clearly. (laughs) I do too. I love when I ask that question and people don't have that. Oh, I'm a lawyer or I'm a, you know, whatever. It's like that. I don't know yet. I'm still figuring that out. (laughs) I'm learning to answer that question just because I get asked it all the time. But yeah, I mean, I found, you know. If you just look, I, I mean, I say this all the time, but if you look through history, there are very few people um, that are significant leaders that just do one thing their whole life. Right. I mean, you look at every professional sports player. I mean, you don't see a lot of NBA players in their 60s or even their 40s, right? So, you know, those guys go on to do something else. You know, Abe Lincoln wasn't president his entire life. Right. You know, and so, you know, we, we have this strange expectation that people are going to do you know, one thing for their life. I, l- I love Jeff Goins, the idea of calling it a portfolio, because if I told you, hey, man, I just I inherited $10 million. And what I'm going to do with that $10 million is I'm going to bet it on Apple stocks. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm going to invest it all in that. You look at me like I was a crazy person, although Apple might be this, one of the safest bets in the stock market. Right. Um, but it, I would be silly to do that, even the, how regardless of how Apple is, because... You know, that's just not how you invest. You diversify it. You put it in lots of different things. Right. And so, you know, I think we're moving to, I don't know what the right word, let's call it post-career type of society where, you know, people who the American dream was that you had one job, got out of college, you went to high school and you graduated college, you got married, had 2.5 children, you know, you got a job that you really didn't like that much. You did that for till you were 66 and a half or whatever. The social security says you have to work now. Heck, by the time I'm at that age, it'll probably be 92 or something. Um, and then you just sit around on, you know, in a beach in Florida and wait to die. And, you know, I think that's 
that's we're not in that world anymore. I don't I don't believe. Well, I think it, it's funny because you know, thank you very much for sending us a copy of the book. And you know, we were reading through that chapter thirteen on captivity, captivity, and and we were talking. I said, you know, this is the book we would have written for this podcast, if or this chapter at least, if we had written it because it so fits our audience and the people that listen. But you've got a really good line in there that almost matches kind of what you just said. I think uh, Joseph Campbell said it. If the path before you is clear, it's prob- you're probably on someone else's. And it's like, <laughs> that's cool. Make your own path is, is obviously our tagline, but kind of expand on that of what, what you kind of see that means, this post career type that we're in now. Well, I just, you know, I think, and I always say I think a lot because I, I do, because a lot of life is processing. We feel like we need to have firm, solid, concrete, ways of operating. And and when Steve Jobs released the iPhone, I believe the entire world changed. Um, And and you'll you'll argue with some Mac people about this, and we'll end with the Steve Jobs analogies after this. But when the iPhone was released, the first iPhone was was a terrible phone. Um, The App Store hadn't even been like started yet. Right. And it was like, it did a couple of things. Now, it was better than my Palm Trio, (laughs) you know, uh, that was wasn't good at anything that I think I literally had sprint and replaced 19 times. It was, that was where I stopped counting. Um, but the iPhone was really a beta test. They put it out into the market. They let people decide what worked and what didn't work. And then they, you know, then, then the, the, uh, the, your audience kind of got to decide, you know, what made it better right. rather than trying to like, I feel like perfection is something we all strive for that just doesn't exist. You right. know, we keep trying you know, yes, we do get one at bat in life, right? Like we get to do this one time, but that doesn't mean along the way you can't edit and you can't swerve and you can't um, you can't move and, and adjust. Um, and and life life is so much about the the adjust. It's so much about the, how we react. And it's really not the you know the more I think about it, it's not so much about failure, but it's about willing to fail and failing. You don't want to be a failure, right? You don't want to be the person that's like, oh, that person's a failure. Failure. But, you know, failure only occurs when we we allow that to be like where we stay. Um, there's a line in the book I actually posted on Instagram the other day that said, you know, we spend our whole lives living the, living the lives that others have designed for us rather than those we've been designed for. You right. know, we, we keep trying. You know, I spent a lot of my time speaking to teenagers um, for the last 20 years in public schools and in churches and colleges. You know, and a lot of them ask a lot of, you know, whether it's in the church kids that want to know what God's will was for their life or the, um, you know, the kids in high school trying to figure out, you know, at 16, what they were going to do with the rest of their life when they weren't even sure what they wanted to wear tomorrow. Right. You know, we're asking them to make these life's big size decisions. You're going to live when you're 50. Yeah. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to, they've got parents that are basically trying to live vicariously through their football scholarship. Right. And so, you know, we, you know, this idea of leaving captivity, you know, captivity really starts, the, you know, if you've, if you, I, my wife and I, we don't have any children, but my little brother was born when I was 18. And so I got to be kind of an adult as he was growing up and watching that process. And one of the first things he learned in kindergarten or preschool was how to get in a line. Right. You know, it, we, from the very beginning of our education experience, we're taught to conform. Right. And, I, you know, I'm kind of the guy that's kind of raising my hand or jumping up and down or standing on the desk, whatever you want to say, and saying, hey, guys, let's 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 maybe get out of line a little bit. Let's let's start realizing that there is no rule book. And I I, I believe that if the, that most of us are going through this life trying to live by a rule book that just doesn't exist. 
Right. You, you know, we think that there's like this set of rules that we have to follow that just that, that isn't a thing. You know, like I, I've I've been t- talking to a bunch of authors the last couple of days. You know, and they're all just like, you know, well, you can't. I'm like, what do you mean you can't? Who said you can't? Um, you know, I, I don't currently have my book on Amazon because I'm in the pre-sale right now, um, right. and because I have to sell three books on Amazon to make the same thing that I would make selling it to you directly. Wow. Um, so why would I tell people that I know to go to Amazon to buy the book? Because I'm not <laughs> trying to like I published this book myself through the help of some friends and a lot of people who have pushed me to do this. You know, I didn't. I'm not trying to like make some New York Times, but I'm 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 not. I'm of no delusions that that's going to happen at any point. I could bring in some Stephen King money on this thing. Huh? No, I mean it's not even about you know. Like, somebody asked what, what what would success be on this book, and I said if it moves one person to do something that they were supposed to, and they actually did it, I would call this book a success. That everything else that happens for the book is just bonus. That's what I loved about it as reading through it, because we were talking about the podcast, and that's what we've always said. If this podcast makes one person go out there and get out of this rut and build their own path, then we're we're happy with it. I love you. Also, you have this line in it, and you kind of said it there. You, you know, you say, uh, you know, people fall into this trap of there's some magic formula to success, and you say there is. Get out there, explore, fail, and do awesome stuff. Like failure is in there. You know, you, you've got to fail to really know I should have never been doing that or I should have gone this way. That's how you learn. But that's also how you realize I got to work harder in this area or that area. Yeah. And you honestly, I, I, I've I've looked for successful people. I can't find one person that that you that anyone, any one of your listeners today would call a great success that that isn't a, a person of massive failure. So the journey that got me to write this book is doing school assemblies. I don't know if you ever sat through a school assembly. <laughs> they're, they're normally terrible. You know, there's normally some guy up there telling you not to have sex or not to do drugs or not to beat up your friends or don't be a bully, which is what, you know, public schools and even private schools call for anything. It's like, you're bullying them. I'm like, no, you're just talking to them. And, you know, I, I wanted to create something different. So I, I've always kind of been like, I'm the, I'm the guy that when a history channel has a marathon about, you know, the men that built America, I'm like, well, there went my weekend plans. I'm on the couch for that because I love, I love the story of of how things happened. I, I love that story. I love it now more than I'm not tested on it afterwards. I don't <laughs> think I liked it that much in school, but I love, I love the stories of people's success and failures. And I honestly haven't found. I can't think of anyone in history that I know of, and I'm sure there's some listener out there that'll tell me they didn't have massive failures. But even you know, if you look in the American culture, you know, the Vanderbilt family and the Rockefeller families, those guys all made stupid mistakes and they invested in the wrong things. You know, Michael Jordan got cut from his basketball team while right. Disney was bankrupt a couple of times. There's a chapter in the book called The Elephants Go to the Movies. And, um, you know, I helped some friends make a movie. Um, I helped them with the marketing to their movie and I got to be on the set. And, you know, the process of, you know, the process of, of, of making a movie is pretty intense. Right. Um, my wife and I have somehow got on a list that gets us invited to movie previews. So, you know, I get an email that's like, hey, do you want tickets to this? And it's just like, yes or no. And so we went to some superhero. It was Spider-Man. Or I, don't, I don't even remember the movie. The first thing you do when the movie's over is you go to the bathroom because you just had a 42-ounce Coke that you paid $85 for. <laughs> and Buttered popcorn. <laughs> yes. And so you've, you, you knew that you weren't going to leave the movie because it's – Although there is a great app that tells you when you can get up and pee during the movie. I highly recommend that. I heard about that. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to download it. 
Yeah, there's uh so so at the end of the movie, you know, I'm standing there at the urinal just trying to do my thing because you know you know the guy code, right? You go to when when a guy goes into the restroom, ladies, if you don't know this, the last thing we want to do is in enter any kind of conversation with another human being in the bathroom. Right. That is not what we're there for. It's you know, guys in the bathroom are like this like we are when we go to the mall. We are in there, we have a target, we're going to hit it, we're going to eliminate. We're going to leave as quickly as possible without any human interaction. That's just how that goes. And so, you know, I'm standing there doing my thing that you're supposed to do at the urinal. And the guy next to me just starts going off about how, how, you know, he could have made the movie better. And I'm just, you know, I'm thinking the whole time, I'm just shut up, Terry, you're peeing, just pee, get out of here. And I, the whole time, you know, he's just telling me all, he's telling everybody in the bathroom how he could have made the movie better. And I'm just thinking, man, I was just on the set of the movie earlier that day. And man, making a movie's hard. <laughs> getting your script, the script written and getting it funded. And there's a lot of people that are going to find themselves on the sidelines of your life that are going to judge that have no idea what, what you're chasing and what you're doing. Um, you know, the internet has given a lot of people, I hate to say permission, but people think they have permission to give you their opinion on your life. <laughs> and uh, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, every time you post something, they're just like, why would you do that? Or, you know, you hear things like, why would you quit that great job? You know, when in reality, it was a horrible job and you were miserable and you were going to die miserable. And so, we always talk about, too, they don't want you to succeed, too, because then that makes them look bad. You know, oh, you quit the job and went and did something amazing. I'm still here not doing my dream. Correct. And, you know, I've heard a word a lot lately, and it's this word someday. <laughs> you know, someday I'll write a book. Someday I'll, I'll do that thing. And, man, I, I know this. Um, and I get a hard time from some of my friends about being morbid sometime, but I know that everyone listening to this podcast is dying. Like we are all have a death sentence for the second you popped out, you were going to die. We are only here for a limited amount of time. Right. And so, you know, one, why would we waste it living someone else's life Two, Why would we waste it being miserable? You know, we talk, we talk about all these things like we want to be safety and we want to provide for our families and yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, but also at, at what cost? Right. You know, at the cost of, of being miserable. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, beyond the rut. And I was just thinking about all the ruts that I've been in in life. And almost every like rut that I've gotten stuck in and almost like it, it goes back to that idea we first started talking about is I was just stuck chasing someone else's plan for my life that wasn't my own. Right. And that's what I love about the elephant kind of analogy is, you know, we put ourselves in that rut. Because we all kind of laugh at the elephant being so stupid to just have a string around us and not walk off, even though it could easily walk off and nobody could do anything about it. Well, we sit in that cubicle or that, you know, that financial ruin or whatever it is, whatever rut we put ourselves in. And we're, we sit there and go, but I can't get out. There's nothing I can do. But there's other people around us. Hopefully there's at least a few, but there's generally at least one that goes, you know, you can get up and leave anytime you want. The doors are not locked. Just get up and go get another job. Get up and start a career, write a book, do whatever, and quit laughing at the elephant when you're the elephant. Yeah, I recently had Larry Wing it on my podcast. I don't know if you guys know who Larry is. Um, he's He's been on like Oprah, Dr. Phil, and he's just this good old boy who wears cowboy shirts, drinks bourbon, and smokes cigars. But he wrote a book, Your Success is Your Own Dang Fault, except for it's not dang. And uh, <laughs> he's one of my favorite like authors and communicators because he's always... You know, people give me a hard time because I don't have a filter like this guy's never even seen a filter like he just <laughs> says it like it is. You know, and life, life is about if there's anything that concerns me about the future of our country and, you know, all of the problems that we may be facing as a nation right now is just the lack of personal responsibility. 
that exists right. in our country right now because everything, every problem, when you hear people talk about their problems, they will always immediately start telling you about whose fault that is, not their own. Absolutely. And it, who's taking care of the problem for them. <laughs> right. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if people are smart enough to figure this out, but the government's not going to fix your problems. You know, your neighbor's not going to fix your problems. Your parents aren't going to fix your problems. You're going to fix your problems or you're going to still have problems. Right. You know, we always say too, if you're over 20, you, you can't blame your parents anymore. Whether they were good or bad, you can't give them credit or blame. You've got to build your own life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Show, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Show is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, we were talking about Lee Cockrell, and, uh, you know, part of my story, if you've read the book, is, you know, my mom was married and divorced four times. And so, you know, I was with Lee last week in um, Nashville, and you know, he told his story and I was like, he said, you know, my mom married divorced five times. I was like, dang it, Lee, you beat me, buddy. And, um, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's interesting that here we are. We're both kind of people who are, you know, I'm in the first half of my life or at least, you know, kind of towards the middle somewhere. Who knows? Right. Um, yeah. But on the on the spectrum, you know, here I am. You know, I've got this crazy story. There's so much of, you know, you look at you look at the people that immigrate the immigrants to our country and you talk about the greatest generation. You hear a lot of talk, Tom Brokaw and that, you know, the World War II vets, right. you know, a lot of those guys, their families came here. They lived through the Great Depression. You know, they they face a lot of adversity. And I, I'm a, I'm afraid this generation um, that's coming up, you know, you want to be, you know, you give the millennials a lot of hard time. But the millennials have had a pretty easy situation. You know, I think they're coming out of college. I mean, it's we, this is a great time to be alive. Now, granted, the world's going crazy and God knows what Kim Jong Un is going to do tomorrow. But that's not my problem. I can't worry about that. Like that's we pay people to worry about that. So yes. We <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's sort of the you know, I, I believe we all feel obligated to get involved in every Internet discussion. And I've just I've learned that there just are some things, you know, people are like, why haven't you spoken out about this? I was like, because it's not my lane. Right. You, know, I, you don't need to know my opinion about North Korea. Now, if you want to come over to my house and sit on the couch, I'll tell you what I think about North Korea. But you're not going to see me doing a post about it tomorrow on my Facebook page. Why? Because it's not it's not like my lane. Now, if I was sitting down with Kim Jong-un, I'm like, dude, chase your dreams and quit worrying about America. Like, do your own thing. Quit ruining your country, you goober. Yeah, you, you got know? your own. Do something good with it. Come on. You know, go hang out with Dennis Rodman. He seems like you guys are good friends anyways. <laughs> and so, you know, I... I just struggle with this. Like we always want to blame someone else. I mean, right. and, and when I, when I'm doing this, this isn't me like me being judgmental. This is me looking at my own life and looking in the mirror and going, gosh, that was stupid. Like I lost a lot of time. You know, I always tell people, you know, when they hire me for coaching or consulting, it's like, you're not, you're not hiring me to be your coach because of the success that I've had. You're paying for all my failure. Right. Um, I'm going to help hopefully help you avoid a bunch of stupid stuff that I should have never done that, that you shouldn't do because I did it already. And I can tell you that it's stupid. 
And uh, kids that a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. not super smart. It's that I made some mistakes. I'm just telling you some shortcuts. Go around them. <laughs> Don't go exactly. around them. And there's nothing wrong with shortcuts, right? But there's no necessary, you know, we're not promised a shortcut. You know, we're, it, it's, you know, I think, I think we all go to like the dentist office and see the motivational posters with an eagle and like some fancy word on the wall and think that our life is going to be like that. And it's just, it's, it's a lot harder. And that's the reason why there are a lot of people, you know, it's just the namesake for your show that are, that are in the, that are in a rut, right? Like, because it's, it's easy to stay in a rut. You know, it's, it's easy to, to not move forward. It's easy to accept the status quo. It's easy to blame everyone else. I mean, that's the, that's, that's really easy. Right. Cause then it like, it lets you off. And you speak to a lot of students and that kind of younger crowd of, of just kind of getting them out of that uh, mentality of blaming others. You know, my wife and I, we have five kids and the youngest is 16 and the other four, uh, 20 and up. And, and we talk about, you know, they never even had dial up internet. So it's like, you hear these stories of, you know, they came out of poverty, like Lee Cockrell, you know, you just, you come out of nothing and you accomplish these great things at Disney. You think, what are our kids story going to be? Well, you know, one time I had to wait like three minutes on the microwave or, you know, we only had <laughs> 700 channels on the TV and <laughs> we had to actually press the buttons on our phone to make it do stuff. And we you had know, to watch the commercials when we watch TV. You know, they don't even have to do that. They just go on Netflix. Like you start a series on Netflix. You don't have to move for three or four days. <laughs> yeah, it was just keep going. If you want to watch Game of Thrones on Netflix, I don't even know if Game of Thrones is on because I've never seen Game of Thrones just because it's. It's you know. not HBO. <laughs> so okay, so if you're watching HBO Go, like Game of Thrones will just go. Like you don't have to, um, you know. And I know, I know, you know. Sacrifice is a big part of making these things real, you know. And some of that, you know, is I love watching TV. I love sitting on the couch, but I have to be a little more picky and choosy with what I watch if I'm going to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. So like writing a book doesn't just happen. Right. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm the most creative after 10 p.m. Unfortunately for me, from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. is my most productive hours. Wow. My wife's a morning person. I'm a night person. It works. There, there are times, you know, I, I've i been launching a bunch of stuff this week. They were recording this show. And there was a couple of days where I was going to bed and she was getting up. I've been on the night shift, she just said. <laughs> you know, that's just been the reality for our current season. Um, You know, and... You know, and I'm not one of these guys that's like, you know, there's a huge word in the entrepreneurial world called hustle. You know, everybody's in hustle. And I believe, you know, hustle is a season. You know, hustle is not meant to be a way of life. Um, if all you do is hustle, you're probably going to have a heart attack and die. Um, not everybody needs to be Gary Vaynerchuk. Built, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I always tell people that, too. It's like everything is a season. You know, there's a, there's a time, you know, Jerry's kids are, are younger than mine and, and so mine are they all take care of themselves for the most part. And so I can do things that, that he can't uh, on a, on a regular basis. But then there's, there's a season where I'm doing different things and he's doing. And, and I think we approach life as I've got to be this forever. And it's okay to stay up all night for, you know, a few weeks, months, whatever it is to put your dream together, put a plan together, a book, whatever it is and get it going. Just don't live like that the rest of your life, you know, have a balance in it somehow. Yeah. And I, 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 we very much subscribe to the work hard, play hard mentality. So like I have a, a vacation planned at, in, at kind of the end of, or, or at least kind of in the middle of this season. So I know like, Hey, we're getting out of town for 10 days and I'm, I'm 
I'm going to mostly be off, you know, like I'm now granted when you're an entrepreneur, you're really never, you know, you're never truly a hundred percent off. You know, I'm, I'm, we do a a Disney podcast. And so we're, you know, part of the trip is three days at a Disney resort in Hawaii. And so, you know, I'm going to review that and take show notes, but I mean, it's not exactly when, when your, when your day of work includes a buffet and the beach, it's a pretty good day. And so, (laughs) you know, but I, and I think there's this, and not everyone's life can be that, but that, but if that's what you want, you can make it happen. You know, if that's the life you, you know, I have a lot of, um, you know, there's a podcaster named John Lee Dumas, really popular guys in it. You know, guy has, I think he's passed a hundred million downloads on his podcast, entrepreneur on fire, you know, him and his, they were, he was living in San Diego. I was like, this is lame. This is expensive. Uh, I'd like to live in, uh, Puerto Rico, you know, well, you just heard what happened in Puerto Rico, obviously with the hurricane. So he's like, you know what I'm going to do for the next three months? Uh, my house in Puerto Rico, the windows all blew out on it. So, you know what I'm going to go do my life. My, my, my passion allows me, he's literally just going to go travel the world for three months and then he'll like reboot later. Um, but he's going to work along the way. And you know, that, you know, that, you know, back to Steve jobs, you know, because of the iPhone and the other, you know, I'm not so exclusive to know that it's not only an iPhone, but because of the, you know, the smartphone, like most of us have, you know, more computing power in our hand than this, the first flight to the moon had on it, you know? And so like we have, we have the power to office anywhere and to mostly do, you know, our work, you know, unless you're like installing roofs or something like that, or a real estate agent, you know, that, you know, you have to, um, you know, a lot of us have the freedom to work kind of from anywhere. And a perspective on the iPhone too, that I've always been fascinated with is there's no such thing as an iPhone one. Nobody has it. And you know, so that first thing you make is not your final product. You got to put something out there to get to iPhone two and three and four and five and have people stand in line to buy your product. Because if you don't ever put it out there, it'll never be there. And I know you were talking about, you know, writing this book and you're not expecting to, you know, make billions or anything, but you're changing people's lives. You got to put it out there before you ever really know which path you're supposed to be on. And too many times, I think you see people just plan and plan and plan. I need to know every possible consequence before I move. And, and that's not possible. You know, I, I, I believe, I believe that part of leading in your field is the ability to say, I'm going to break something. I don't know about you, but I was a destructive little kid, man. I love Tonka trucks. I love getting out of the sandbox and digging into the dirt. And, you know, I liked monster trucks. So I love to recreate that in my sandbox as a seven year old or whatever, at whatever age I was. You know, and part of that, you know, we live in we live in a time when, man, some of the most un you thought were unstoppable companies and ideas. If you think about all the industries that are experiencing disruption because of some entrepreneur right now, you right. know, you could talk about the taxi cab industry with Uber, the entire hotel industry because of Airbnb, um, the freaking phone company because of the iPhone. Right. You know, the um I mean, we we could you could just keep going after industry and industry and you know the possibilities are kind of as buzz lightyear says you know to infinity and beyond like there's no like the possibilities are really endless and when you start to think like that when you start to think that there aren't really limits you know the things that you can accomplish are are, are pretty pretty endless you know most of us are trying to create in a really small box and you know once you kind of expand that box and realize that anything is possible um you know things really change and and, and i think you know, one of the ideas I talk about in the book is the the fact that most of us are settling for really small dreams. Um, you know, I doing 
doing school assemblies while I was doing that. I was also um, producing contest in the music industry because I was in the music industry. I was managing artists. And every time I would talk to a new artist, I'd always hear this statement and it would go like this. I want to be the next blank. You know, they right. always wanted to be the next, you know, wh- whoever it was at the time, Bieber, Britney Spears, the Beatles, you know, whatever, whatever you could go through history and pick anybody. Right. The, and man, that's, that's a small way of dreaming. I want to be the next Terry Weaver and the only Terry Weaver, um, because that's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> like, I don't know how to be the next anyone else. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the no- show notes, not the no notes, the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 109. There you'll find all the links related to Terry Weaver, his platform. So we're going to put the link in there for his podcast, Making Elephants Fly, the book, Making Elephants Fly, his website, terryweaver.com, and so much more, including the conference we were chatting about. Now, the best way you can support our show and what we're doing is to share this episode with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Because again, what are we doing this for? To inspire and equip people to make their own paths and live the life they've always dreamed of beyond the rut. And that's for you too. And you know what? You can just pass this on to others. Now, we're coming back in another week with another episode. And in the meantime, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.